But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised God hath chosen. Yea, the things which are not, to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Amen. Greetings of grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be multiplied unto each one gathered here this morning, now and forever. Amen. I'm not sure if I have a lot of depth of understanding on this scripture, but Paul is, is speaking to these Corinthians and just before this text that I read, saying that now this I say that every one of you saith I am of Paul I am of Apollos I am of Cephas and I am of Christ is Christ divided was Paul crucified for you or were ye baptized in the name of, of Paul I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius lest any should say that I had baptized in my own name I baptized also the household of Stephanus besides I know not whether I baptized any other we know that Jesus said even himself he didn't he didn't go about baptizing people but he his his message was the repentance and the remission of sins and the first words he spoke when he began to preach was that his to whatever audience he had there I don't know but but he he admonished them to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and many many times he said that the kingdom of heaven is nigh and it's near meaning meaning that it's near and and to draw near to and just even in a natural sense if if we for instance came in cold and we we would we would go near to the stove to warm up that's where the heat is and and I think it's the same kind of a picture given in the word that that Jesus <coughs> Jesus is there I am I am here now I don't know if he uses that term but that's that's what that's what it is he he is here and he is nigh and he is near and, and even even if we liken that natural warmth to this word a spiritual warmth that we would draw nigh or near to this word. This world is is out there and offering all kinds of attractions and and entertainment and and I think of many many uh, things that go on in this world and and you wonder if the name of Jesus is ever mentioned. Is it ever brought up? Is it, is it even thought of? 
And when we gather in, the, in like we have this morning even, and all those that are gathered, we would do it in, in the name of Jesus. And he is here. He promises to be here with us. For two or three are gathered in his name. We wish to gather in his name. He promises to be with us. It's, it's one of the, one of the best and one of the many promises this word gives us. So Paul says, Christ sent me not to baptize. He didn't, he didn't, we, we know that when, when he sent, when he, when he speaks to the disciples in, in the end of the, the gospels, he tells them to go out and baptize and preach, preach the gospel and to baptize people and bring them into the kingdom of God. I believe the repentance and the remission of sins is, is the most important. And then the baptism is, is a continuation of that covenant God made with, with Abraham, even of, of the Old Testament times when he says, I will be your God and you shall be my people. And he asked, he asked Abraham to, to circumcise all, all those that were in his house. I believe that this water baptism is a continuation of that. The spiritual baptism is, is to be baptized with power and with the Holy Spirit and with fire that Jesus baptizes with. And I think Paul is talking about the, the water baptism here. Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. We, we don't, we don't study and, and go to all kinds of places of learning to, to figure out how to, how to speak this word. We, we speak as, as he says, not with the wisdom of words. I'm sure there are places that would teach people and, and try and explain how, how it is that we're supposed to put forth the proper message and, and have the proper, uh, approach and style and everything else when it comes to speaking this word. But it must happen here because Paul, Paul brings it out very clearly that that if we preach with the wisdom of words, the cross of Christ might be made of none effect. That it gets away from the truth. It says, The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. So we might ask, what is the preaching of the cross? Before Jesus died and left this world on the cross, were they, were they preaching the cross? I believe they were. Not the actual physical happening, it hadn't happened yet. But the Jesus giving his life for the for the cause of the gospel, for the, for the sake that mankind could be saved. That, that's, that's the preaching of the cross. That Jesus would die. There would, there would be this Lamb of God, uh, uh, even as we go way back to Moses' time when the children of Israel were leaving the bondage of Egypt. And, and the whole picture there is the Lamb is slain. Jesus is the Lamb of God. 
And the other end of the scriptures we hear about, we hear about it, and I read it once in a while about the the uh, the lambs. I think I read it last Sunday. Come hither, I will shew thee the bride, the lamb's wife. Same lamb. Same lamb that Moses instructed the people to slay this lamb without blemish and without spot. And sprinkle that blood on the, on the lintels or the door posts of their homes. And when that angel came, sometime during the night, unexpectedly, these people were okay. Death did not visit that home. And every home that didn't have that, I'm sure all the Egyptians, maybe there were millions of them, had the same message given to them. Do this. And this angel will pass over your home. Those people that didn't have that, Blood sprinkled on the lintels of their homes, doorposts of their home. They lost a child in that home. And the mourning it speaks of is is unbelievable. And those people that didn't have children, some of their animals were taken. It's a picture of salvation. It's a picture of of. Do we, have we been sprinkled with the blood of, of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ? This, this all goes together with the preaching of the cross, that, that, that the Lamb of God is slain, and He gave His blood, He gave His life for us. Paul says, I was, I was sent to preach the preaching of the cross, and to the unbelieving world, He explains here that it, it doesn't make any sense. It's foolishness. Them that perish, it's foolishness. But unto us, unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. We put our trust in the work that Jesus accomplished. Not only his teachings and his instructions and his rebuking people and encouraging people and giving them faith to believe all these things. The final testimony is that he gave his life that we might live eternally. For it, is, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. This is, this is Paul writing to the Corinthians, but it's, it's, I would say it could be Jesus speaking, or it's, it's instruction that Jesus would be, he would be approving of. So he says, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? We know that in, when Jesus came into this world, it was a, it was a harsh existence for people. And even in these Soviet countries today, we see there's a small number of people enjoying prestige and luxury and, and the finest of this world eating and drinking and being toured around in limousines and all these things and the common man suffers and, and 
keeps that system going. It's not a good system. These people are the wise of this world. They, they've figured out ways to make life easy for themselves on the backs of the greatest of the population. But up in the in the light of this world, of this world, those systems fail and are grievous and bad systems. So, so Paul says, where is the wise, where is the scribe, where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made wisdom, made foolish the wisdom of this world? He puts down man's wisdom and man's way of doing things. It says, for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world, by wisdom, knew not God. Wisdom of the world does not attain God, does not come to God. The wisdom of this world is always working against God, going the other way. We see that in, in the leadership of so many nations on earth today. They take God out of the schools, they take him out of the homes if they can, they take him out of the public buildings. Instead of having some scripture written in granite in the parliament buildings, they take away these things. And where does it lead us? It leads us away from God, it leads us into unbelief. It says it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. You would wonder if the world gets so dark that anybody could believe and be saved. They can. We can have, we can have hope of that. If we look into this word, it says that. The foolishness of preaching. People believe. The Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. preach Christ crucified, the world wonders, what what in the world does that have to do with anything? That a man, especially in this day and age, when when, when Paul wrote this, it had, it had happened not too many years before that. But in this day and age, we would say that over 2,000 years ago, this man lost his popularity on, among men and through mob action, he was put on the cross and died. What has that got to do with anything? The scriptures fill us in on all, all that it has to do with, with everything. It says the Jews require a sign. Jesus came into this world where, where the Jews who, who were supposed to be promoting living faith, it says they require a sign. The Greeks seek after wisdom. They sit around philosophizing and coming up with ways that they should go. We preach Christ crucified under the Jews a stumbling block and under the Greeks foolishness. But under them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, all through the scripture it talks about calling, it talks about staying with this message. Way back in in Isaiah's in the story of his conversion, 
when when Isaiah sees the power of God and the glory of God and and maybe just a glimpse of who he is and what he is it does the same thing to him it does to us you and I it makes us feel pretty small and it brings to light maybe things that we have done or accomplished or fell into unbelief or or hurt somebody or whatever it might be and he says after he talks about the the power of God and, and hearing these voices he says woe unto me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the king the lord of hosts then flew one of the seraphims unto me having a live coal in his hand which he had taken from taken with tongs from off the altar and he laid it upon my mouth and said lo this hath touched thy lips and thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin purged sin had to come between him and god and i believe through the laying of the hand, on of the hands that we practice and the preaching of Sins forgiven in this precious name and in the work that Jesus has done. It, this is a picture of that when it says that this this seraphim took took a live coal from the altar. He laid it upon my mouth and says, Lo, this hath touched thy lips and thine iniquity is taken away. He was no longer under this burden of sin that he says, Woe is me for I am undone. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? This is, this is the gospel call. Come, come to me. And then when we receive of him, then we can tell someone else. It's that simple. Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not. And see ye indeed, ye indeed but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat and make their ears heavy and shut their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and be converted and, and convert and be healed. Then said I, Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities be wasted without inhabitant and the houses without man and the land be utterly desolate. And the Lord have removed men far away and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. So we're to, we're to just keep on telling others just stay with the same same word and the same theme because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men well God is not foolish and he is not uh, lacking in, in wisdom or strength but it just it just gives us that picture of of we are nothing in the power and the size and the might of God and, and His Word. And we have this Word in and among us. We have this Word implanted in our hearts. Going back to Abraham again when he was asked to slay Isaac, his 12 or 13 year old son. God asked him to do something who was absolutely ridiculous and absolutely uh, a custom that the darkest of heathen people were practicing and when I say this word is implanted in our hearts God put put Abraham to that test 
and, and maybe I should just kind of play it out like like God would be saying, now we'll see what he does. I'm going to ask him to do this thing and we'll see what he does. And we see that Abraham goes about in three days' journey and he took several people with him. And in the last ways, he and Isaac go up to the top of Mount Moriah by themselves. And even Isaac asks him that we have the wood, the fuel for the fire, and we have the fire. But where where is the sacrifice? Abraham doesn't tell Isaac that you will be the sacrifice. As I say, a, a custom that was so dark and so heathen. But because Abraham had this word rooted and grounded and established in his heart, he did what God asked him to do. And we see that he built the altar and he put the wood on the altar and he went to slay his son. This special son that Isaac and Sarah, had, or Abraham and Sarah had had when he was a hundred and she was ninety and they had waited for years. She was past childbearing age. And now God is asking you to slay him. We see that Abraham had that faith that if he had to slay this son, God was able to raise him to life again. He believed that. He didn't, he didn't just go into it lightheartedly thinking, well, God will see me through this and have some way out. He thought he had to slay his son. He lifts his his hand with a knife to slay Isaac. God stops him and says, now, I know that you believe. If Abraham would have not heeded the call to do this or gone some other direction or whatever God wouldn't have said I know that you believe and we know that he provided a ram caught in a thicket that they it wasn't very far away and they knew that this then was a sacrifice he didn't have to slay his son So, so here we see some of this played out that the foolishness of God is wiser than the men and the weakness of God is str- stronger than men. And, and then it goes into the, the wise of this world. Beth, 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 would you have a Kleenex? A Kleenex? <laughs> They're all gone here. And he says here, He reminds us, it says, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that
Not many wise men after the flesh. Not many mighty. Not many noble are called. There have been wise and mighty men called. Abraham was one. Moses was one. Paul was one. He had a good education. But it says not very many are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. There's places in the word that say that what we see as we go through through this world often is not really what it truly is. I wish I was better at looking things up. It would be a good reference for this. But we'll leave it here. He's chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. The base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. There's many, there's many things that if we, if we follow this word and try and walk in the footsteps of our Savior, the world won't admire it. They'll say, you're weak. You have no backbone. And, and maybe they even go, go into that, that thought that you're, you're using this word, word as, as a crutch. It's not a crutch. It's, it's the foundation of what we live and believe. It says the things that are, that are despised God hath chosen, yea, the things that are not, to bring to naught the things that are. The first not is N-O-T, and the second not is N-O-U-G-H-T. I mean, it, bring, it brings to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. There's there's no way the flesh gets any glory and honor as we go through this world. But we would give God the honor. I think I spoke about that last Sunday, that we would just zero in on Jesus Christ and, and give him honor and glory right from our, our first thought in the morning to till we go to sleep at night, that we would honor and, and give him glory. No flesh would glory in the presence of God. No, no part of us would, would want to glory. We can praise God. Beth was mentioning that, that place and she, she's got to find it for me. That place where the armies of the living God were, were meeting the armies of the unbelievers and, and they said, they set a, a band of singers out in front of the army. I'm sure the the oncoming army thought, what in the world is all this about? They were singing the songs of Zion. They were singing what was in their heart. And when we sing that song, we'll win. We'll win the battle and it'll confound the enemy. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus 
whom of God, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. If we have these things, nothing else is necessary. We have wisdom. This word is open to us. It gives us direction. It gives us understanding of, of the deep things of this world and the deep things. Of, it gives us a little bit of the a glimpse of of how God works and operates. It gives us peace. It says wisdom and righteousness. Righteousness. It would be meaning that we would be right with God. We would be with Him. We would be for Him. We would hold up His banner, speak His word, try to uphold what He would want us to uphold. Sanctification. It gives us sanctification, meaning it makes us holy. Many times we don't feel very holy. Or at least I don't. When I know the the thinking and, and understandings that I can come up with outside of this word. But the word makes us holy. It says, when you meet Jesus, you'll be acceptable. You've rested in his promises. You've rested in his, in his work. Redemption meaning that we are redeemed, we are bought with a price. The price that was paid was that life that Jesus gave on the cross. We sing the song, I am redeemed but not with silver. I am bought but not with gold. We're, we're not bought and redeemed by anything that we can muster up in this world. We are bought by the blood of Jesus. We are bought by that work that he accomplished on the cross for us. The reason he came to this world, the reason he he, he lived and, and worked and died and rose from the dead, we're bought with that price. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. May all honor and glory be to our Lord and our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. Shall we close with a benediction? May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up his countenance unto us and give us everlasting peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Someone have a song to continue with?
I'd like to thank everyone for coming. Shame I'll be back next weekend, hopefully. And we'll get back to normal more. Um, does anyone want to take Bible study or do you have it or